Take it away, Scott. Thank you. Hello, everybody. My name is Scott, and I am a compulsive overeater. I'm really grateful to be here today. I'm from Pleasant Hill. I used to be from Concord, and I really used to be from San Francisco, and I'll soon be from Grass Valley. More on that later. Um, I was originally going to start off my share by reading a story from the Green OA Relapse and Recovery book, this one that begins on page 41, but I accidentally packed the book, so I guess it's not God's will for me to do that at this meeting today. Uh, I do identify as a compulsive overeater because I am someone who has spent many, many years misusing food. I have overeaten, I have undereaten, I have binge eaten, and I have even eaten to intentionally make myself sick. In addition to all that, I have hidden food, I have stolen food, and I have experienced a lot of guilt and shame around food. Uh, some people use guilt and shame interchangeably, they're actually not the same. Shame is what I feel after I've injured myself. Guilt is what I feel after I've injured another person. So when I was growing up, my father used to tell me if I didn't stop eating like a maniac, I would get diabetes. And my mother would tell me if I didn't stop eating like a maniac, I would get colon cancer. So whenever I'd eat like a maniac, I felt as though I was injuring my mother and father. I felt like a bad person. I felt like a bad son. I felt incredibly guilty, which in turn led me to want to eat even more because I had a hard time dealing with the thoughts and feelings associated with the idea that I could be injuring my parents merely by the way I eat. Um, I also identify as a century person because I am someone who has lost or who has needed to lose a hundred pounds or more, which I've done. And lastly, I identify as a relapser. I came to my first OA meeting over 20 years ago and I got abstinent pretty quickly. My original abstinence lasted two years. My current abstinence is 10 years and eight months strong. But sandwiched in between those two stints of back-to-back -back abstinence was seven years in relapse mode. Now the reason why I use the term relapse mode is because that was the mode I was in. Relapse was my mindset. Relapse was the expectation. Physically, I often would eat off my food plan. Emotionally, I felt hopeless around my eating habits, which in turn led me to spiritually take little to no actions to improve my eating situation. So relapse was the mode I was in, that was the expectation, that was my mindset. And even if I was fortunate enough to string together a few days, a few weeks, or even over a month of abstinence during those seven years, I knew deep inside that this was not going to last much longer. In fact, I often would tell myself, you know, this is not going to last much longer. Why not, why not just go off your food plan again right now, satisfy those cravings, and let's rock and roll? And more times than not, I did just that. I was always looking for an excuse to eat. I was always looking for an excuse to satisfy the physical cravings in the moment. 
So what is relapse anyway? Well, to me, relapse is just the opposite of abstinence. So then what is abstinence? Well, OA has its own official definition of abstinence, which I accept and respect, but have very little use for. Uh, remember, I'm only an individual OA member. I don't speak for OA as a whole. I encourage you to please take what you want and leave the rest. But for my own recovery, I view abstinence as follows. Abstinence is what I get when I follow my plan of eating for any number of consecutive days. For example, if I follow my plan of eating for one day, I get one day of abstinence. If I follow my plan of eating for 30 consecutive days, I get 30 days or one month of abstinence. If I follow my plan of eating for 365 consecutive days, I get 365 days, 12 months, or one year of abstinence. So to me, relapse is just the opposite of abstinence. And the reason why I view it in that way is quite simple. I am of the belief that every single person who's walked through the doors of OA have had at least one abstinent or sensible, in terms of quantity and quality, meal in their lifetime. That was certainly my experience. Despite all the binges and all the man-made junk food I put into my body, Believe it or not, there were a few meals here and there sprinkled in that would be considered abstinent or at least sensible in terms of quantity and quality. So to me, relapse is just the opposite of abstinence. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of any question that begins with the word why, but if I was to attempt to explain why I spent those seven years in relapse mode, I think the best way to do that would be to list out some of the things that I did not do during my initial two years of abstinence. They say that relapse begins before that first compulsive bite. That was certainly my experience. So one of the things that I did not do during my initial two years of abstinence was I never sponsored anyone. Um, in addition to saying relapse begins before that first compulsive bite, they also say that the best way to learn something is to teach it. And by not sponsoring anyone, I didn't really give myself an opportunity to fully grasp the 12 steps, the 12 traditions, the 12 concepts, and what are now the nine tools of recovery of OA. Another thing that I did not do during my initial two years of abstinence was I never spoke at meetings like I am right now. I was certainly invited to speak at meetings, but my response to all those poor speaker-getters was usually one of the following. One, I'm sorry, but I have something else going on that day, otherwise I would. Two, I'm just too shy, I can't. Or three, Unfortunately, I'm not abstinent right now, otherwise I would. So I learned to use the relapse card when it would benefit me, and I also learned to use the, re uh, the, the abstinence card when it would benefit me. You better believe that I was abstinent when it was time to collect that anniversary coin at the Century meeting, even if I had just told a speaker-getter one week earlier that I was unavailable to speak at their meeting because I wasn't abstinent. That's just one of the many bad habits I, I picked up beginning at the age of four, dishonesty. So I never sponsored anyone. I didn't speak at meetings when invited. There's a few other things that I either didn't do or I started to kind of cut back on doing. 
But the number one thing that I did not do during my initial two years of abstinence, I never really did a comprehensive step one. When I was a newcomer, I had no problem admitting complete defeat over refined white table sugar. And on March 26, 2001, I celebrated one day off of white refined table sugar. That was 20 years ago last Friday. What I did not do was I didn't admit complete defeat over wheat products, particularly white flour, corn products, rice products, and potato products. Well, in the summer of 2010, enough was finally enough, and I started working with a new sponsor, and on July 1st, 2010, I celebrated day one of my current back-to-back -back abstinence. Um, on July 1st, 2010, I also celebrated one day off of wheat products, corn products, rice products, and most potato products. I'm grateful that I live a life today where I have no cravings for food, just natural hunger. All right, well, um, in my last few minutes, I want to just kind of share a little bit of what I'm like today and just kind of share some of the recovery. Um, I actually had an incredibly good 2020, and so far the year 2021 has been almost as good. Um, I, I guess I'm going to share my recovery through the lens of the last four seasons. Uh, last summer, Mrs. Wright and I finally moved in together, and so far we've done incredibly well. Yes, we have our disagreements, yes, we have our fights, and yes, even on occasion we have our epic WrestleMania-style cage matches where I end up in one room for about an hour and she ends up in another room for about an hour. Now, when I'm in that room by myself, what I start to do is I immediately connect to my higher power, which I humbly call God for today, and I start doing a step one. I start replaying the problem. I start replaying in my head what just happened between us. I then start to visualize the solution. What would God look like in this situation? What would a fixed version of what just happened look like um, right now? Um, I then start to do a step 11 where I talk to God and listen to God. And then when I'm ready, I usually say to my higher power, okay. And then I begin a, a proper step three. And usually what that'll look like is I will look for Mrs. Wright. I will approach her and I'll either plant a, a big kiss on her lips or I'll squeeze her butt cheeks or I'll say some stupid joke. And her response is either a big laugh or, so, or a big smile. And then we talk about what just happened and then we're good. Or if I'm in a place where I'm not willing to do a proper step three, Mrs. Wright will come look for me. And what she usually does is she'll give me a really tight squeeze, a hug, a kiss. She'll apologize and then we'll talk about what happened. And then we're good. I don't know what that thing is called. I don't even know how we got there, but I think it's quite lovely. And so far we have a 100% success rate with this practice. Um, I once heard somewhere that it takes two people to start an argument, but it only takes one person to end an argument. So maybe it has to do with, with that. So anyway, last summer, Mrs. Wright and I moved in together. Last fall, I got my second ever big boy job. 
Thanks to OA Recovery, a few years ago, I got my first ever big boy job last fall. I got my second ever big boy job. I'm now working for the federal government. I'm making a lot more money, and I have been given an opportunity to grow more in my chosen profession. Last winter, Mrs. Wright and I decided that we want to look for property, either rental property or something for us to live in. On Super Bowl Sunday, we told our real estate agent we would like to check out these three houses in Grass Valley. So we made plans. The first two did not speak to us at all. But the third house was absolutely wonderful. We both fell in love with it almost instantly. The next day, Mrs. Wright and I made an offer on the house, and the day after that, our offer was accepted with one minor tweak. Which brings me to this spring. Uh, in four weeks, Mrs. Wright and I will be packing up our bags and moving from Pleasant Hill to Grass Valley to our new home that sits on nearly three-quarters of an acre of land. Um, I don't know which is stranger, the fact that I'm going to be half owner of this house or I'm going to be living in this house. Um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter which is stranger. What, what matters is that I continue to take the actions that I need to take to make this work. And for me, that always begins with step one, putting down the fork. Step two, defining a higher power that will work for me. And step three using a higher power that'll work for me. So I think that's all I have for today. I hope that was helpful. Thank you very much for the invite. Thanks for listening. And it's now my turn to listen to you. Thank you. Thank you so much.